What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Feels like we're just lifting and coasting our way to the new season, bro. <laughs> Lift and coast. I wish we could have a plane like kick and push, but yeah, we are just coasting our way through the off season. Yeah. So today we're back. Happy New Year's, everybody. We're dropping this on the 31st of December. So fun time for us as we get uh, to the new year. 2022 is going to be a fun year in F1. But we are talking about a man that last year, we didn't even know if he'd be racing in F1 again. Last year, at the end of the season, the man didn't even have a seat, bro. It's crazy to think Checo didn't have a seat after 2020 uh, when you walked into, I guess, was it the last race? Did he get signed on the last race or like a little bit after? A little bit after. And, you know, he was never really worried. I think ultimately um, he knew that the season he had at Racing Point was amazing and someone would pick him up. Like, he never really panicked. I'm still worried, though, bro. Like, can you imagine not walking to a seat and you had that great of a season? Yeah, it's crazy. So I want to start off by, by, by this quote from Max. Sorry, this quote from Checo, where he's literally speaking about the difference of moving to a car. Um, from, I guess, he was in a Mercedes clone in 2020, right? That's right. So what he directly said is driving a different power unit, it's a completely different task. Driving a completely different philosophy of car with a higher rake versus a lower rake, it's a completely different task. The way you approach things are just extremely different and you have to learn new techniques. Basically, what I used to do, nothing really worked here with Red Bull. It would be the same, for example, if Max went to Mercedes. They are just very different. They produce very similar lap times, but the way they get the lap time is extremely different. So why am I referencing this? What do you think? What do we because want to do? educate our viewers? When you're switching teams or you're new to the sport, it is the first year is really, I guess we've called it like you can't really judge someone on their first year because they have to learn the car. They have to figure out the car. We even saw it with Alonzo, like coming back to the sport. And obviously mm-hmm. he was coming back from an injury as well. But you got to think the steering wheel is different. The programming is different. All the modes are different. The car feels different. It takes time. And I think if you look at Checo's entire year, it pretty much shows in the results. Yeah. And it, we, we we're very clear on that. Well, at least my expectation is that I always give a driver one year. Like it's very tough to say, unless they are like a development driver, it's a little different because you are developing that driver. Like if Albon walked into Red Bull next year instead of Checo, he was developing that car. So it's a little different. A little different. Yeah, it's a little different. And that's different, why right? when you compare especially um, Checo and Veltri, like Veltri's had, f- what, five years in the same car. Mm-hmm. Checo comes in, has to learn an entire new everything because it's, you know, a lot of other teams may use Mercedes. They may use Ferrari. Like there's only one Red Bull Honda. I mean, obviously Alfa Tori, but really just mm-hmm. one. So it is a completely different learning curve. Yeah, and I think the one thing is that the point of bringing that up is a, we want to really bring that to our viewers that you got to kind of be understanding because when we think of any professional sports, you have to get used to your environment, regardless if it's F1 basketball, whatever it is, soccer or sorry, should I say football? Um, but the biggest reason I brought that up is because he did not look comfortable in the car at the beginning of the year. He spun on a couple of times. He did not look that comfortable. And then you heard towards the middle of the year, I mean, you kept talking about it. And we're like, is the car really geared towards Max Verstappen? And then you heard Checo say, well, now the car is getting geared towards me. I tried Max's setup. Now I'm trying my setup. And that's when you really started to see Checo's brilliance shine once he actually got comfortable in the car and once he decided to switch his setup and do it his way. So 
He had a great season, though. I mean, overall, I mean, the results don't show, I, I don't think, but I if think you, in context. At the end of the year. He had five podiums. He came on from Turkey. Turkey, USA, Mexico, 3-3-3. Three, three, three. And he had a couple fours, right? And um, and then, obviously, Brazil and Qatar, 4-4. Four, four. So and then he DNF'd. DNF's in Jeddah, and obviously, we know what happened in Abu Dhabi. But the way he closed the year was completely different than the way that he opened the year. And you could just see that he was finding his way in that car. And I think heading into next year, he's going to be so much more comfortable. We'll, we'll see a, a very consistent checkout throughout the year. But ultimately, I think he had a, a great year in a team that had swapped drivers so often in the last few years. So it was refreshing to see the stability. So first, I will say that I don't think he'll feel comfortable because they're going back to a low-rate setup next year. So Red Bull switching their whole setup, I would assume. So that's going to be interesting. I, I don't know if he's going to be comfortable. I feel like he's going to have a new switch. I feel like all most drivers will, but I think his might be a little bigger um, and Max's. Um, but yeah, he spun out a couple times at the beginning of the year. He obviously didn't look that strong, but I think the one thing that me and you both can say is that he made a lot of sacrifices for his team. So I don't think his results really reflect because I feel like Valtteri, he drove his race for his best results. But Checo would sacrifice his lap time. Like the prime example is in Saudi. He gave up his whole uh, flying lap for Max and then he was charging on the next one and he didn't get Of course. So Checo is, we'll, we'll see what happens as this develops. Obviously it's not year five, but he's come into this. He is a little bit older, more mature. He's been around the sport long enough. He understands that he's not the number one driver, and he has no issue with that. He was the ultimate teammate, but he also was able to push Max in different places, and Max was able to push him, That and I think that helped him level up as well. Yeah, he long accredited term, that to Max. He said Max yeah. working with Max made him level up in F1. Long term, though, if he can't challenge Max, I think we start to see the same effect that happened to Lewis. You need to have... Your teammate needs to push you, and I think you know why Checo, I don't agree with that statement. And it's not that you're wrong thinking; it's because he's Lewis is pushing him. No one pushed Lewis, right? Yeah. Because remember how far ahead Mercedes was back then? Who was really challenging Lewis? Not a soul. But Lewis is going to push Max, and if George is as good as advertised, George is going to push Max. Yeah, that's fair. Very. You know fair. what I mean? So like, it's a little different. I understand your thought process because we always bring it up with Valtteri, but Mercedes was by yeah, far. Yeah, they ahead. were in a in their own little world um, that no one was close to. But mm -hmm. now that you've got, say, a Lewis and Max rivalry, they'll push themselves. But I, I really do think Checo is going to have a... I mean, he will have a better year. I think he will, too. Just quick off the gun, you don't have to analyze too much. Won't hold you this answer. Who has a better year, Checo or George? Number two drivers for the top teams. I think uh, George will have a better year just because they're going to have a better car. You think he'll be... You, you said he's a lock for threes. Yeah. So you think so. he's a lock for three. And, and the, I think the thing is that we both said is that anytime he was up with Lewis, he was putting up a fight for Lewis. And we can't say the same about Valtteri. Like, it seems like even if he was on old tires, he'd make it hard for Lewis, at least for one lap. Valtteri really just at times was not even able to defend. I feel like... Throughout the year, there were so many moments where Checo did an incredible job that helped Max. And he obviously, it was Max. elevated in Abu Dhabi, but it was elevated in Abu Dhabi. It was shown in his qualifying in Saudi. In Turkey. There, there's just so many times where Checo just put up an effort. Like, there was effort. It never felt like Valtteri's effort was there. Like, 
Max passed Valchu with ease every time. When you think about Checo in general, you always hear him saying, I'm going to work my way up. He's always willing to fight. And that is shown throughout his career. And more importantly, his first F1 victory ever. Like, what happened in Saudi Arabia... Um, sorry, it's sorry. What happened in Abu Dhabi in 2020 when he won the race? Obviously, George had some unfortunate circumstances. That's why he had the chance. But that's racing, right? He started at the back of the grid. He's made his way up to first. Like, he is willing to fight. And Think that's what you love about Checo. He's the only thing I like about Red Bull. Yeah, he fights. And his only victory this year, which came in Baku, he started in six. And he quickly went from six to third, I think, in the first few laps of the race. And then, of course, you know, Max's tire fails, but the race restarts and Checo, you know, finishes They had the a better pit and stuff like that. And it was that, like, so. you know, he has always shown that he can fight his way up, and that even, is what you have to admire about him. And even when you look at Monaco, right, what we all talk about, Monaco is actually a snooze fest. That is the one sport race I cannot get behind. Monaco is boring. It makes a great qualifying, but Monaco you know, is pretty boring. Yes, it's it, it uh, from a viewership standpoint, it's boring, but... It, the thing that I will appreciate about Monaco is just, I think it's unanimous. Every driver has said it is the most physically demanding. Track. It is, but they go like an average of 107 miles. Per yeah. Hour. You don't like, even get to eight terrible. gear. <laughs> it's, it's terrible in terms of like watchability in terms of the technical aspect. I agree. It's really good, but just the guy, why we're bringing up Monaco is he made his way from ninth to fourth. Mm-hmm. Like you don't see that often. Like Lewis sat in what seventh the whole time. I think Lewis, that's what it was. Lewis, yeah, it was it had a terrible. He sat in seventh all time. Yeah, but I'm, 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 we're not meaning to harp on Lewis, but um, this is a Checo episode. But I just wanted to show, like, moving up five places in Monaco is a big deal. Like, it is such a tight circuit when you can't even hit eight gear, eighth gear. Like, yeah, it is and ridiculous. it's got the slowest, I mean, corner in the entire sport. It, it's terrible. Uh, also, just shout out, like. His podium in Mexico was amazing because he didn't have a good practice, didn't have a good qualifying, but it worked. Mm-hmm. And I think if you look at Red Bull this year, Max won at his home track and Checo got the podium at his home track and Max won. It was just, I feel like there's something to say how special it is to win or podium at your home track. We can quantify because we've never done it, but you saw Lewis at Silverstone every year. For him, it's like, even like this year when he won at Silverstone, Silverstone it was yeah. just like he t- was on a different level of but euphoria. But here's the thing. Max, like, are you talking about the Red Bull ring? Or are you talking about when he won at Netherlands and Belgium? Because it's different I, levels. I, I'm talking like when he won in Netherlands. Yeah, so so when he wins in Netherlands and Belgium, you, you could see how special it was to Max. But even when he wins, wins at the Red Bull ring, I mean, it's crazy because just in general, I mean, we're talking Checo, but we can bring up Max a little bit. Red Bull has so many circuits that are like, Mexico, both of their two races, the Syrian, Austrian, Netherlands, Belgium, that's five circuits. Even Austin, Texas felt like Red Bull this yeah, year. Yeah, so that's six circuits. Well, what does what does Mercedes have? Only Silverstone? It feels like it's just Silverstone in Germany. Is Germany really Mercedes heavily favored, though? If you are a German citizen, I feel like you're going to root for Mercedes because it's Mercedes. I, hey, listen, I agree with you, but it's like, you could, I, I could see a lot of people rooting for Max there, too. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. like the reality of is, like, Lewis is, he is a black male. And, you know, a lot of people, like, Formula One is a white sport. Like, a predominantly white sport. So, it's like, a lot of people vote for, root for Max on that that instant alone. But we'll get back to the topic um, of Checo. So, but, him winning and seeing his, not winning, 
and podium podium it's a win so that's why i keep saying winning but his podium in mexico his father the car coming up to the podium we need to see Checo win in mexico yeah and you know what that's the other part like think about mexico he almost had second. He was challenging Lewis, and Lewis was struggling down the down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, that goes back to Valtteri, though. Valtteri was nowhere to be found. And right? that's where this whole... We've said it on the pod. It was Lewis versus two. Yeah, because uh, although Valtteri had more points, it didn't feel like he ever put up a fight against Max, so it's a little different. Like, that's why numbers are deceiving, because I can't remember, and we'll go, we'll go on this next week. You guys are here about next week. Just quickly, do you remember a single stout defense Valtteri had on Max? No. Okay, cool. We'll move on to the next topic. So, because we, we have a Valtteri pod coming for you guys next week. So, let's talk a little bit about, we, this is, we've, we've praised Checo, but let's talk a little bit of the downsides. We saw how dominant Red Bull looked. So, these are the question marks I had. It's like, why didn't he look good on the Red Bull circuit, the Red Bull ring, like Max did? He, he struggled on those. And, like, there's a couple times, like, he didn't get out of Q1 in Zandvoort. There was one time Lewis held him up. So he did have some down spots on the year. So to me, I'm very curious on like how Checo bounces back next year because he struggled sometimes mightily and he looked really good. Will we even say Checo looked really good or we said he looked good for what he was meant to do? Again, we did touch on this right at the jump. Like it's the first year you're figuring out the car. He had the two retirements, right? Obviously, Jeddah and Hungary. But you look at Belgium. I mean, the... Belgium wasn't even a race, but he spun out before getting to the grid, and then they fixed his car. But he started; he finished. He didn't make another Zandvoort, which is a Red um, Bull f- favorite track too. Yeah, and then in Silverstone, sixteenth, Molia eleventh. He had a couple. Silverstone, he started from the back of the grid though, and he yeah. stole the fastest lap from Lewis. So I understand. He, those he had like his his season. With all things considered, I think you give him a B plus just because he had to figure out the car. It, it was new for him. Yeah, and I agree with you, but I, I was saying that is was it a, was would you define his season as successful personally, or was it for him it was successful because Max won a championship and his 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 key moments were how he helped Max win. Yeah, Do you understand what I'm saying? Like there's two his, different things. His contributing factors to a good season was really how he was able to adjust to the new car and help Max. But overall, was it a was it maybe a good season for him personally? I don't think, like... Finishing fourth in the the drivers. He had, you know, he had the one win. He never finished second. Which is very weird. He didn't have one second place finish. Where did he finish in Monza? Do you have that? Where did he finish in Monza? Monza? Um, Fifth. I wonder if he started from the back of the grid. Because that seems like a race he should be... So it's just like, you look at the whole year and you're like... It's surprising he didn't have a second place finish. It is. Uh, I'm having a hard time judging Red Bull. Like, uh, sorry, I'm having a hard time judging Checo in terms of his overall year. Like, if I'm Red Bull, huge success. He will help my Max win a championship. He finished fourth. He actually fought. And he we'll also ta- didn't have the pressure of worrying about being replaced because he was assured early on by Christian and Helmut that he would have a seat next year. Yeah, but those are just words, bro. Until you sign the dotted line, it doesn't mean nothing. You know that. I feel like Gasly, Albon... They knew it was like every single race you were scared. Yeah, it all it came across from a viewership standpoint like there was they had no stability. But then, but do they do, do they deserve that seat? Then, like we let's let's not get into too much as a checkup. So, but do you deserve the seat? 
Listen, if you're scared to lose, do you deserve it? I think they were war- they were constantly worried about their future. Checo, there was not any part of this season, any indication where I felt like Checo wasn't going to be in the Red Bull seat next year. So my whole thing is like, I think Checo's been driving long enough to understand you you drive to win even if you don't win. He didn't have to worry about the media asking him, Checo, what about next year? Like, he knew he was good. Checo feels like he drives to win no matter what. Like, he drives to put out his best performance. Well, those guys were driving not to make mistakes. But there's obviously a reason he didn't have a seat until the 11th hour last year. Like, But he still uh, drove other, to win. He drove to win, but other teams, and if you look at his career, like, we're talking, he only has two wins in his career. And that's okay. I mean... We talk about how hard it is to win a Grand Prix, exactly. right? Daniel Ricciardo has, what, seven wins in his he has career? Eight. eight. He got his eight Yeah, this yeah, year, that's yeah. right. Eight now. So, you look at it, it's like, we're showing love. Checo's success this year is what he did for Max. It wasn't, I think, from a personal standpoint, he's okay with the year, but he's got a lot to prove next year. Are he's, you sticking with a B plus? I'm sticking with a B plus because I'm waiting it heavy on Max winning. Okay. That's fair. No, I, I think that's fair. So you just said that he has a lot to prove next year. So I actually don't think he has a lot to prove because I think the seat's going to Pierre next year anyways in 2023. Well, that's my point is like where what 2022 could be his last year in F1. No, he's about to ride out in the dust with like, uh, a, a, like he's going to do the whole set, uh, Seb Vettel, but he's not going to be obviously as highly touted as Seb. But I can see him going to Haas. I can see him going to like a different team like that. Trying to help a young driver. That's what I think is next in his career. But so you think that he has a lot to prove because his seat is on the line this year? I think so. I believe that he has, he cannot have a fourth. He, he has to be top three next year. And if he does, and the thing is, I don't think he is. Uh, so relative to expectation, right? And I don't think he is too. I think you're very, you're spot on the, on that take. Do you think Red Bull generally thinks they have a better car than Mercedes, though? Like, or do they expect Checo to be fourth? Like, you understand what I'm saying? It's relative yeah. to expectation. But this also comes back, and it's only fitting that we are talking Valtteri next week. Both Valtteri and Checo were not ranked in the top 10 by their peers. Wasn't that, doesn't that have to do with everybody, peers and drivers? It was, uh, uh, you're ranked GMs? by your peers and your principals. Yeah, so Checo didn't make the top 10. They made the top 10. George Russell's in the top. He was George eight, Russell, right? let me—I'll run it for you. Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, Lando Norris, Carlos Sainz, Charles Leclerc, Fernando Alonso, Pierre Gasly, George Russell, Valtteri. Valtteri's, Valtteri's in top ten. This is uh, principles. Principles, yeah, yeah, yeah. So principles. Checo wasn't in principles, was he? Yeah, Checo didn't make principles. What about? Do you have the peers one? I was pretty sure George just beat. I thought I Valtteri. had the peers one. You didn't make the drivers. Max, Lewis, Lando, Carl, Charles, Fernando, Pierre, George, Esteban, Mick. Okay. Wow, Mick is up there, which is shocking. Mick's top 10. Um, but throwing it throwing it back to you, just what I asked you, because I know you're looking at that. How can you judge Checo? Because every single time, he'd have to go long to hold up Lewis or something. Like, is that really fair? That's why this the success is what he did for Max. Exactly. So I'm saying, how can... Like, it's hard to judge a season. Like, obviously, they know more than us. They're team principals. But there are so many times where Checo's on 30 laps... Or 25 laps on mediums because he's holding up Lewis. Because they don't want to give him track position. Yeah, I look. you look at this whole Red Bull year. And Red Bull celebrated. They won the Drivers' Championship. Of course, you're going to celebrate that. They didn't win the Constructors. It took a per, almost near-perfect year for Max. It took Checo doing everything for Max. Like They needed Lewis to be sleeping half the year. Next year, 
forget the pressure on Checo. The pressure is on Red Bull. Yeah, the pressure is on Red Bull to repeat, and I don't think they will. I think, it, like I said, I think it's going to be a Mercedes-dominated year next year. I think it's a 1-2 Mercedes. Whether it's George in first or, or Lewis, Yeah, I think it's a 1-2 Mercedes. I think it's a 3-4 Red and Bull. And that's where we'll really see George rise to the occasion as this young talent. Like, he showed what he could do in one race. He'll have the car now. He's not in that Williams atrocity. Hey, don't sleep on Ferrari next year, by the way. You said, and I mean, this is a Checo pop, but... They're prioritizing signs over Charles? No, no. It, it, both drivers are there. Both There's no number one driver. Okay, okay. So we'll talk about that soon, but I'm just saying, don't, let's not yeah. sleep on Ferrari next year either. Listen, I was quick to kind of talk dirty about signs, but signs, signs came on strong at the end signs, of the year. Signs it's, came it is really apparent, though. You see this. Drivers going to new teams. That first year is a struggle, and you see as the year prolongs, they get better. Yeah, except for Danny. I mean, Danny Rick had a lot of bad luck. But let's get back to Checo because this is not everybody else. This is a Checo-dedicated pod in Red Bull. So you give him a B plus. I'm giving him. I'm giving him a B plus as well. I think that he did everything he could possibly be asked of. He didn't excel. I think that's what B pluses are for, right? Yeah. You did everything you're asked of, but you didn't excel. A A pluses are and A's are for if you've excelled at what excelled. You did. And he wasn't a C because he didn't like you know you know C's not a fail, but it's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. C C's are like you just you barely did your job. But I feel like Checo did above and beyond it's, his job, but he didn't excel at I it. I just look at Sergio and the other part about this is that you know he is not a new driver. But he's, he's only 32. 31. He's 31, right? That's not We're that We're talking old. about, like, he is really in his prime now. Yeah, when you think about it, we're so blessed in today's F1 era. We have all these young guys that are 23, 24. But back in the day, you used to start your career when you're, what, 26, 27? Yeah, like... So, Checo's been doing it for a while. I mean, I don't think it's... Uh, I don't think we can call him old. I think he's... His best year still may be ahead of him. That's one thing I, I agree. I his think best years may be you ahead are, through your 20s... Listen, any human being... Your early 20s, you were still developing. You are not mature yet. Like, there's lots to figure out. We've all been there, right? And then, obviously, there's that kind of staggering out through your late 20s. You start to come into your own. But I think between, really, in, in any sport, I'd say between 28 and 32 is, like, the best years of your, your athletic career. Apparently not for Mr. Lewis Hamilton. Listen, <laughs> there are other exceptions in all sports, whether it's the Ronaldo's of the world, whether it's the LeBron's world, they age like fine wine, man. Yeah, they do. I think they're all born around the same time. Aren't Lewis, Ronaldo, and uh, LeBron all like around know, the so, same age? So obviously LeBron just turned 37. What's Lewis? Lewis is 36. Lewis is 36? I think so. 36. And let's see. Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm gonna dive. He's we like, gotta get back to Checo, but he's 36. Like, exactly. So they're Sign, all signing in the water about yeah. those 84, 84, 85. Yeah, 84, 85 babies. Um, so do you? So we just talked about aging, and what do you think Checo races till? He, like, do you think he's? You, you literally said, and I'm not holding it to you. Do you think he's out of F1 next year? Like, if he doesn't That's, keep that Red Bull seat. Well, I'm just going on what history is showing us, and this this massive surge of young drivers. I've. I feel like unless you are a world champion, it's really hard to retain a seat in this sport. I mean, you had Kimi Raikkonen, Fernando Alonso. They've both, they're both world champs. Okay. Danny Ricardo. Daniel Ricardo. I, and I've said He's it. He's 31, 32 as and, well. And Danny Rick, 
is here on his coattails from Red Bull. Valtteri Bottas. Valtteri Bottas close Mercedes. to on his way out. Um, he may have all these constructors championships, but there's again. something about being said about being on a great team to develop other teams. Like there is something to be said about having that experience. I look at the Formula E. I look at the Formula Two. You look at Nick DeVries. I'm, I'm, t- I'm talking about there is some talent. Yeah, but remember, talent doesn't necessarily mean to turn to wins, right? Um, do you think? And listen, I love him. We had him on the pod, Guan Yuzhou. Is there a possibility that Guan Yuzhou absolutely really fucks up at Alfa Romeo when we see a Valtteri and Checo? I think that's his next viable. If there's an Alfa Romeo seat, I could see him being an Alfa Romeo. That's like his next team I can kind of see. Yeah, there's only 20 jobs, man. It's kind of crazy. There's 20 jobs in the world. It is the crazy. The sport's becoming more and more um, accessible from a viewership standpoint, which means that um, there's going to be an uptake in more interest. I just think that you need to be extremely exceptional to be there and we're going to see less of drivers being there because of oh you know daddy ball me in and and stuff like that i think we're still going to see that money still rules bro money rules but there's more money to go around when there's more like it's just more just more money no i I hear you then there's the best of the money but we we'd be lying if we said that joe didn't get a seat because of his sponsorship he brings of course i mean alpha Bro, he literally said Fred Vasseur, I hope I'm saying it right, that we've had fielded more calls in three weeks since we signed Joe than they fielded in 25 and you know, years. The thing is, we had Joe on the pod, and I'm rooting for him. He, you know, like, there's a little bit of the sentiment that you're attached to him now because we had him on the pod. But, you know, when I went down and I looked at all of, you know, deep dive of his career, there's more negative about the money that he brings than his actual driving. But here's the thing though. Like I feel like F1 is a skeptical sport like that. Like there is a lot of negativity on what you can't do and what you can do. There's, you know, Lewis Hamilton is the exception of someone who came to the sport, broke barriers, didn't have money, was not white. There's, you know, we need more of that. Schumacher didn't have money, but he was white. Exactly. Schumacher, but Schumacher, you got to look, Lewis had none of the boxes checked. Yeah, I mean, he literally didn't have anything. His dad was working for a job, so shout out to Lewis. I mean, I don't really have much more to say about Checo because I feel like is there are two things that are very constant in this whole conversation, what we've talked about all year. A, he's in a brand new car, so he's getting used to it. And B, he did everything he could to help on Max. Is there any other things we're missing with Checo in the year? I feel like that was the other Checo thing since we just spoke about it. Let's not underestimate, because it also has been pretty widely covered, that Checo brings a lot of money. He does. He does bring a lot of money from Mexico. You're right. You're right. And, you know, that's... That did, did not Red Bull sign a Mexico, some Mexico sponsorship with Checo? I'm pretty there's, sure. There's always been, like, Checo... I, I remember... He has a media mogul from Mexico yes. behind him. Yes. And it was sure. like, okay, Checo's an F1 because of money. Like, And then I've, you can't discredit his driving ability, but it is... That's the one thing that F1 really puts a damper on me is like, are these the best 20 drivers in the world? They have to be. Mm. They have to be the top 30. Is Lance, okay, so you are quick to Lance Stroll's daddy's money, and he is, but is he really the best 30? 
There are better drivers because if you have winning, you get money. So I would assume that there might be there might be ten drivers that are better than Lance Stroll, but there's not more than ten drivers that are better than Lance Stroll. Yeah, you have to think about this too, right? And and I I'm the biggest Lance Stroll hater. You can call it. I don't care what you want to call it. But let me put this to you in context, right? I don't think Checo's that because. Literally, Lance Stroll lost to every single one of his teammates except for his F1 team stroke and whatever his name is. But he's no longer an F1. Yeah. Lance Stroll lost four out of five years. So he hasn't... Be, and Checo pretty much dominated him last year. So it, there's there's metrics, right? Facing your teammate, how you do. And Lance Stroll doesn't meet the par. I think Checo's shown the ability that he's a great racer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Nikita Mazepin, the jury's out. Mick Schumacher, the jury's out. But Mick has a leg up because he's beat his teammate. So the jury's out, but like, you can't give me, you can't give me positives on Lance Stroll other than he had a great year at at Racing Point, right? But they were in the top four car. Yeah, they were in a great car. It was his best year. So, but he lost to Checo quite heavily. Mm -hmm. So I was like, do we give Lance Stroll a lot of points? Yeah, sure. We'll give him his, his flowers for success. But when you put it relative to who he's racing with and what he was in, it's like, did he really have a great year? That's the questions we got to ask. But I, I think with Checo, we've seen that he's a great driver because he's shown us in moments that he's technical, he's knowledgeable, and he puts up a fight. Yeah, that's where I give Checo the credit because he he doesn't make the dumb mistakes that a stroll makes. Oh, he shows um, the ability to defend. He's shown that he can be the best teammate. He's shown that he can make his way from 20th to win yeah, a race. Like, so that's where it's like, hey, of course, Checo brings money, but he also has the ability to back it up. And I think that's a big thing for Joe is that I hope he backs it up. But I back. He on said Checo. it on the pod. He knows he's feeling the most amount of pressure in his life because he understands that you need to win races. Yeah, Checo brings a lot of money. That Mexican billionaire, um, or I don't know if he's a billionaire, but the media mogul, he is backing Checo. So Checo yeah, has a lot it. of money. It's a crazy sport in that aspect. And I think, you know, we love the motorsport aspect. You can't deny the fact that it is a massive entertainment machine. Yeah, There's we so knew that from Abu Dhabi. Goes. It's entertainment. It's not a sport. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, it is very, for all the new fans who are arriving here on the F1 scene. Just just enjoy the racing. Don't look too much about the results. That I think that's what's kept my sanity with everything going on is, I enjoy watching the racing. That that is what it keeps me to the sport. I listen. I don't know if this can ever happen, uh, but I would just love to be in an F, like sit in an F one car and just let let me go. See if I can figure it out. You know, like yeah, one day, bro, one day, one run day. it in the sim, and then because you need to be an incredible athlete. I think for one lap you can do it. One lap you can one do lap it. in fourth gear. Yeah, one lap in fourth <laughs> gear you can do it. But. Um, let, let's finish off with, well, I'll finish. My last thought is a lot we had to talk about is Albon versus Checo. How do we look at that now that we both have a year under the member? So Albon spent half a year at Red Bull, then he had a, he had a year the last year, 2020. So he spent half of 2019 and he had a year. Checo obviously had almost, I won't say double, but at least 60 or 70% more points than Albon did. So what do you yeah. kind of judge it to? Because well, you were big on saying that, and obviously at the time you're like, well, Albon and Checo still have around the same amount of points. And then obviously Checo made a lot of points up at the end of yeah, the year. Checo, so how do you judge that? Checo dealt and handled the pressure as a 
mature driver should. I think looking at the two drivers, Albon has the better upside. There's a reason Red Bull put him in the seat at the age that they did. But does he have upside? That's the question I ask. He has to have the upside. He's just a young driver, man. Why would the the challenger team take a young driver if they didn't think that he had what it took? So this is, here's my thing, right? And we should do it to pot out this. But how do they judge potential? They obviously have a way. I cannot speak on it. But that's what I'm saying. Like, so like, on let, let, let's bring is it, it back really to, just Formula 2 success? Is it Formula 2 success? What is it? Because let, let, let's bring it back to basketball sport we know. You can look at someone's athleticism, their feel for the game, and say, okay, if they improve these things, they get better. So like, what does, what does F1 actually ju- judge them off of? Is the reaction time I think improves? it has to be, let's sit on the pit wall. They, if they were a test driver, they probably put them through the laps and they can see, they get all the data and I'm sure there's the eye test as well, but they can say, okay, look at the, the individual's ability. Like if you ability. made this corner properly. Exactly. And stuff. They but can look at the racing line. They can look at but that's the, my the thing reaction though. time. Is it the eye test in F1 or is it more of a data thing? I think uh, this is just straight speculation. This is us just Kurt's talking on opinion. our yeah. I think um, it's heavily weighted on the data. I think up to like maybe when you join F2, it's the eye test. I think after that, data comes in a lot more effectively. Yeah. Listen, we'll we'll come on wax. We don't know. We're having a conversation that- We're going to find out. We'll though. find out. We'll have a conversation on it. But I will say back to the Albon's uh, Checo. I rate Checo's year just highly because Checo got what he was supposed to get done. I feel like Albon got a fair shot at Red Bull, but I just feel like he was a little too young. And I feel like Red Bull was looking for their next young thing, like Max. But it's like Max is a, I don't want to say once in a generation, but he is, he does have that. He's an exceptional case because we're talking about a driver that won his first Grand Prix in his first Red Bull race, like in 2018. He is that special. So I I think that they try to look for that. I would say Checo's a lot more successful just because he got what he was supposed to get done. Agreed. So overall, it's a B plus for Checo. And yeah, B plus for and Checo. I'm now that it. we're done with um, the two Red Bull drivers, Red Bull has the most pressure next year. They do. Um, maybe the general consensus. I mean, like, we, we could talk about it. I mean, we're talking Red Bull and Mercedes. They're kind of intertwined. You don't think Lewis has more pressure if he returns? Yeah, but we know that pressure doesn't bother Lewis. But that's not what I'm asking you. I'm talking about like, I understand who's going to feel more pressure. But where will actually more pressure and more narratives be towards? Mercedes or Red Bull? Like, that's like, I, I feel like all the narratives are Mercedes. If Red Bull's happy to coast in the sunset with just this dub. Like, but that's what I'm saying to you. Everybody's like going to be like, can Mercedes get back to thing? Can Lewis get back top? There's what gonna is George be, Russell The whole media do? is going to be like, Lewis is washed. What is George Russell going to do? Yeah, like, it's going to be, he's washed chasing number eight. Is Mercedes actually going to be That's going to be car? the narrative. We will know in the very first race what the year is going to look Bro, like. Bro, George is winning the first race. I'm just putting that out there. But as we wrap up to you, we always got to bring to you your best place, the only place to get F1 gear. Kurt, where do we get F1 gear? Listen, hit up the, the team at Fanabox. I mean, if you don't have your gear, if you don't have a favorite team, just get some F1 gear. Kurt will lobby you to get Mercedes gear. Listen, I'm not going to tell you where. No, like, he's not going to tell you what to wear, but he will tell you where to get it. Yeah, like. We get it from Fanabox. Go to Fanabox. They've got their Boxing Week sale, 30% off at checkout. Um, 
you know, take advantage of it. I mean, F1 gear ain't cheap. So if you can get 30% off, head over to Fanbox. Yeah, F1 gear is pretty expensive. Man. And take advantage of the discount. And what I will say to you guys is we keep saying you guys is, Cool. You guys don't want to buy from Fanabox. We get it. But the only reason we're bringing this to you every single time is because they're a great sponsor. They have great gear. And they make it easy for any North American shoppers. And I'll just, for everyone listening, the majority of the people listening are in North America. We still have a decent global audience. We got, but we got the peeps out in, in France, Brazil, Belgium. Like, listen, we got people all over the world. But for our North Americans... It Check is so easy. It is what it is $20 flat if you don't spend over 160. If you spend over 160, it's free. Free. So fanabox.com, easiest place to get your gear just because if you're in North America, there's not all these duties fees that you have to worry about. They're not shipping from overseas, shipping from north of the border or right in your local country, Canada. So fanabox.com, nice and easy for you guys. Yes, sir. So get yourself some F1 gear. That's a wrap for 2021. Last day of the year. An incredible Formula One year for the ages. 2021 will go down in the books. As a tarnished year. As we <laughs> head into 2022. That just means we're closer to winter testing. We have to end out the year on the winners, Red Bull, with the Drivers' Championship. Because 2022 is going to be a year of Mercedes. Just calling it. So we're going to start off with the Mercedes. So we'll see you guys next week. I want to say Tuesday, right? We'll see them Tuesday. Yes, sir. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.